0: Hello, Lisa. Hello. Welcome back to another episode of All Bases Covered.
1: (laughs) We are taking a little break after this episode. Wait, we have
0: to like wind back and tell people about what's happening in your life.
1: No, but everyone knows. No, they don't. I sold my house. We've got a 30-day settlement. So, How do you think everyone knows that? We haven't well, they don't done. Know, they don't know my settlement, but they they know that like everyone knew that the auction was coming up because cute sweet listeners were like, "Good luck." They're so um, cute. So yeah, I've got a thirty day settlement, which means Brunton's away for one of those weeks. So we've got like two weeks, s- six days, up, <laughs> like you know, not doing it midweek. So six days to pack up the house and be gone, and then I'll mm. be living with my in laws. So till who knows when and. So we'll be taking a little break, which I think is probably well-deserved. It's also once we realise we hit 200, we we're like, oh, screw it. We, like, deserve a little break. Yeah. And then while we're on break, we're going to have a little powwow and a chat about how we do episodes going forward. Don't stress. Everyone's so stressed. It's just going to be so maybe, stressed. <laughs> maybe like potentially fortnightly or potentially weekly but on, like, a seasonal thing, whether that aligns with the actual Seasons. Like seasons of the year, or whether we do like blocks of ten or whatever. Yeah. I dunno. But I wouldn't wouldn't be stressed, people. It's fine. We're just gonna figure out basically I think it'll it'll be basically us recording like two episodes at a time as we do it. So like a weekly app, quote unquote the weekly app with the normal structure, and then like a special app. So like a product trial or an interview or one of the lifestyle apps. We'll try and record them in one sitting. So they yeah. split between two weeks, or if they're fortnightly episodes, then like A month, you know. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Basically, figure it out. Less. It's just we record every single week, and then that means every single weekend because we upload on a Monday. We have to edit, which is fine. But we've just been doing that for a really long time, and it actually gets to a point where you're like, "Oh, when will I not have a weekend where I have to do that?" And just that is like a burdening feeling.
0: Yeah, it feels a little bit like we've got like never ending uni assignments that are kind of sitting in the back of our brain and. That's not to say that we don't love like all of the support that we get for this podcast, and that we don't find like satisfaction and gratification out of doing it for ourselves as well, because we absolutely do. But I think that at this moment in our both of our lives collectively, we've gone through maybe, you know, eight or so weeks, maybe even twelve, like up to a before your wedding, Lisa, where I think that things have felt a little bit burdeny because we've just had so much going on in our personal lives and we've mm-hmm. been like keeping on top of this as much as we can. But I know that I'm not giving it as much, as, lo- as much love as I want to be. And I think for that reason, Lisa and I are both such perfectionists and it feels like we're better to take a break and take a step back and come back into it refreshed and knowing mm-hmm. what we want to do and having clear direction rather than just letting you all feel like we suck and don't love it. Like yeah, yeah. when I did the upload on Monday on our stories being like, lol for all the people who still listen. And I was like, Alex, you're a fucking bitch. Heaps of people listen mm-hmm. <laughs> and you don't check the
1: stats ever. And so you think that no one does. <laughs> That's your yeah. fault. I don't so, understand yeah. numbers. It's, I can't, I can't be clear about that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So anyway, we thought it would be fun to finish up with a little ask me anything just so that we can chit chat.
1: Yeah, for sure. And should we just get straight into it? There's so many. There's so many. You pick your favourite to start with. I'm just. I'm going to go in like a relatively chronological order so that we don't like totally lose the place. Top down time. or bottom up? I'm going bottom up. Okay. I'm going to, okay, start we with we We got a start. lot. A lot yeah. of people submitted like 10. <laughs> yeah. Mad Shuey, any tips from Lisa on how to do the best eye makeup on round eyes? That depends, I would say, if you want to accentuate your roundness. Accentuate round eyes or not if you don't want to accentuate your, your roundness I feel like I've got two main tips the first would be if you're doing any sort of eyeliner to not take it in mm. to like the first half of your eye because that will give you that visual line of the eye going down and then up and then back down again like mm. really round mm. if you start it from the highest point of your eye and then take it out to the corner and then sort of make it thicker at the outer corner that's going to give you like a straighter appearing eye Mm. and also doing quite a defined under um eyeshadow or eyeliner on a round eye really rounds the eye out so I would avoid that if you if you don't want to do it and then I would do the reverse if you like your round eyes really use that shape and maybe do like a sort of rounded swoopy wing as opposed to an angular wing if you've got a rounded eye and Mm. take it all the way around the eye top and bottom if you want to accentuate it
0: yeah and there's probably other things that you could do as well like um strategically placing like an eyeshadow for highlight like if you want your eye to look more round you could place like a highlight in the center of the like mobile lid Mm -hmm. um or if you want to detract from the roundness of your eyes place the highlight on the inner corner or similarly like Apply your mascara by fanning your outer corner lashes, like, yeah. out and up.
1: Or get really good at a corner lash or, like, chucking three individuals on Oh, other. yeah. A corner
0: lash is your best friend if you don't want to look like you've got round eyes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Good um, one. Thanks, Mad Shoey. Top three fragrances slash candles.
0: I just got the burn. Oh, my gosh. Yuzu and lemongrass and yuzu or something. <laughs> yes. Candle. I got it in a custom ceramic vase and it's so nice it's such a nice candle.
1: I love that. I have I have it in a sort of pink ceramic vase mm. thing. I adore that. I love that. I'd have to say my luve tomato leaf candle is up <sighs> there. I bloody love it. Sorry.
0: Yeah. What a dreamy scent or if you want to do it cheap, we haven't smelt it knockoff version of the Lou one, not that it's a knockoff. The one that Amelia Singsong spoke Singson spoke about on our wedding prep ep, which was from Adore Beauty and it's a tomato scented yes. candle as well. Yes. Um mm.
1: and then I mean if we're talking actual things I love. I mean Glossier you, you of course. Come on. And I do like wood sage and sea salt from Germalone.
0: Mm. I don't think I've got any other notable candles at this stage it's winter I'd be getting like a dark rum okay um McChicken wants to know filler in your face have you guys had any contemplating getting my smile lines done oh apologies if we've out outed you on (laughs) your filler dreams (laughs) how bad um I have not had any filler in my face that's not to say that I won't
1: I've had a bit in my lip here and there I've had like three doses over like six years mm. and oh I did have filler on one side of my cheek oh that's right um to balance it out so yes it's probably gone now and I did have which is not filler but is like in the family of filler sculpture, which I can advocate for like a very natural approach mm. Mm-hmm. um smile lines they're so tricky right smile lines because it is something that i think a lot of people think they can get botox for and then you go get a consult and they're like actually we need to like splint and support the face with filler instead and well, that's then it what she becomes... said filler yeah i know i know oh, sorry sorry, sorry. But, like i think a lot of people think when because uh, smile line is a line they think botox mm-hmm. um but it's not it is something that needs filler and it actually becomes a lot more expensive than popping like botox in it because well one that doesn't work so i guess it would be expensive to have mm. something done that doesn't actually fix it but filler is just a lot more expensive like per volume. it is more expensive and
0: when you fill places you often have to like counterfill them to like create that symmetry and balance yeah, yeah. in the face as well like yeah you know, if you want your jaw to look more defined, you also have to make the tip of your chin pointier kind of yes, vibes. Things like that. Yes. Yeah.
1: I will say I'm pretty sure Kathleen lights, like she looks like a baby face, but she always complains that her foundation settles in her smile lines. Mm. And she said that she got a little bit of filler and it fully changed her life. So I think um, look around and see people who have had that exact type of filler. I think the good thing about filler is that it does actually last quite a while. It doesn't wear off as quickly as Botox. So yes, it's more expensive, but... you can kind of like keep getting little touch-ups and it kind of holds in your face for a little while. So if it's Mm. something that really bugs you, I get the thing with smile lines because I feel like it's not huge when you're not wearing makeup, but when you wear makeup and things just bunch up that is so frustrating because it kind of just looks a bit weird
0: especially because you like leave the house because you don't have to interact with anyone Look looking crash hot and then you check yourself in a mirror and yes. you're like suck when did that happen yeah. yes
1: I have a line in my chin and sometimes at the end of the, the day I'll just look at it and there's like there's yeah. lipstick a tiny crumb and like <laughs> heaps of foundation in there and I'm like Jesus how long has that been <laughs> yes uh
0: next question what are your thoughts on the best areas to live in Melbourne?
1: Oh, I love this. Gosh, I, not mean, not, not oh, I mean, not Shitsville South. Oh, we're both now into Shitsville South. That's cute. Yeah. Except um,
0: Schittsville South for me is more upmarket than Shitsville where I was before.
1: I would say. I mean, it totally depends. It depends like, on what you want. Absolutely. Exactly. exactly. Like, I'm not going to say that I'm going to live in Richmond in a three bedroom terrace house because I have a dog and I want grass mm. and stuff, but... Hypothetically thinking, if I'm thinking nice places to live in Melbourne for like culture and cool mm-hmm, houses mm. and stuff, Richmond would probably be my like inner suburb pick. Mm-hmm. I like the Southeast.
0: Yes. I like Southeast city. as well. Yeah. If I didn't have to go anywhere, if I didn't have to drive anywhere or walk anywhere and I had unlimited money, I'd have to live in Albert Park. <laughs>
1: yes. Same. But like, unless you're posh, yeah, go there. I'd Um, also,
0: I really loved living in Ivanhoe. I think cute period homes, if you live near the shops, like that's a nice vibe. mm
2: -hmm. And it's
0: close to everything, like it's on the wrong side of the freeway for access, like it's not Richmond or Kew, but Mm -hmm. it's like very close in proximity to everything. I liked Ivanhoe.
1: Yeah, I'd also say if you're not like a city person, I think Mornington is the nicest place where you're by the beach but still in like a central town and can still get into the city yeah frankston south and mornington i think are lovely if perhaps you might be the kind of person that i don't know maybe would live in like a smaller town wants
0: yeah to get a sea wants a bit of yeah. winery vibe yeah. Also so oh i mean i could just pick a million places if i was actually just picking nice places to live i'd live in red hill any day of the week if i could
1: <laughs> yeah yes totally but like you're a bit more isolated there I feel than if you're in Mornington where you can like pop down to like some cute shops and things like that like yeah if you're moving to Red Hill you've got to like want to move there because you're going to go to like a little cellar door and you probably have chickens and like yeah a great life, life. <laughs> absolutely a vibe I don't I don't go west or north so I can't really help you there oh like also I will say if you want like a suburb vibe but like something with a bit of coolness to it I could absolutely live in Eltham or Warrandyte as well it's just awesome. too north compared to my Family.
0: Yeah. Yep. I would agree. Next question. Should we talk about were you happy with the survivor winner? We actually haven't spoken about this between ourselves yet. We
1: haven't and we won't get too carried away because this is polarizing or isolating for listeners. Absolutely. You were happy? Yeah, I think It's funny because from like week two,
0: we were like, fuck, Marianne needs to go home. She's so loud and a bit annoying. This
1: chick's loony. Like what is her level of like,
0: Mm, enthusiasm and life, just,
1: yeah yeah the enthusiasm for life was too much mm. but she brought herself back to earth and really got some respect in the tribal where she played her idol because she didn't want to be voted out and blah 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 and i think her game was really good and i would have probably preferred mike to win however mike didn't own his game in the finale i agree and so he didn't deserve to win um, I think that Marianne didn't outplay or like outlast necessarily in terms of challenges. Like she had great social game, mm. but once she stopped being so annoying. and She was good at puzzles in the beginning and a few of the team
0: challenges she took a puzzle and did all yeah, right.
1: Yeah, I just feel like, you know, she didn't win anything. Mm. Every- even bloody Romeo. Oh, my God. Romeo coming through and like <sighs> winning at the end was so funny because he was just such a useless sack of shit the whole game i know the the wrong fact way that
0: he, every time. i mean i'd said i was like he'll either get carried like i assumed he'd get carried to the final three yeah. anyway like he was going to be sitting there at the end but i didn't think he'd be sitting there at the end on his own merit that was very surprising
1: so yeah i think i am happy based on her like her gameplay and how she ex- like explained it all at tribal was pretty good
0: yeah yep 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 i agree i think she did a good job at tribal at the final final tribal thing for sure
1: Any skincare products will continue to buy forever? That's really hard to say. Uh, Sarah Chapman Overnight Facial, I have been using for like nine years almost, I would say. And the same with the Emma Hardy Balm Cleanser. I could find another balm cleanser I like. Like, that isn't, that's just I do it because I like it, whatever. Mm. But Sarah Chapman, like that, when I use other products, like nothing replaces that. It's different. It hits different. What about you? I probably
0: say, whilst it's not always in my cupboard, Dr. Dennis Gross Ultra Gentle Peel Pads will always be in my life. They're just such a savior in times of need. I think we'll always continue to buy Juno. They're
1: probably like the only things that have stayed really steadfast for Mm me so far. I need your wedding lipstick recommendations. Your lips were better pinky nude, but a stain vibe. Ooh, a stain. Stain's hard. I mean, you could do something like Benetint Bennett if you want like a proper stain or YSL, the beautiful like Verné Livre or whatever they are. Mm. They're glossy stains because it's like one coat's a gloss, two coats, coats is like a lipstick and three is a stain. They have a beautiful formula. What
0: about those little juicy shakers from Lancôme? Do they I'm still sure exist? They uh, They had such a nice cake taste.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a stain. I mean- I do that many wedding lipsticks, and to be honest, I've never put a stain on a bride. Normally, I just stain the lip with a lip pencil all over, and then do something either like matte or balmy over the top. Or you could Mm. do one of the Gucci liquid lipsticks.
0: Yeah, I think they're just, they're a bit, they're not really your lips, but better. They're like, I'm going to mask your whole lip.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Also, they don't stain at all. They're the opposite of a stain, they completely come off, which is, I find, very unusual for a. Liquid yeah, lip,
1: lipstick. yeah. Stains, I really do feel like stains are still not very prominent in the, particularly in the luxury market. Like you can find a, quite a few stains in the like scary Revlon world where they have that lacquer that you put over the top and they last all day. Yeah, but I get what you mean in terms of a sh- like a sheerness stain. They I also don't just
0: don't really work for nudes. Like it's
1: yeah yeah because it oh. basically has to be a strong pigment diluted. Yeah which is harder to do. Yeah. How much did your wedding cost, Lisa? Oh, <laughs> uh, that's a bad question. One because talking about money is tacky and two because I'm really bad with numbers and finance. <laughs> She's got no clue. <laughs> so I actually don't know. I'm sorry. And also like to to own my privilege, my my parents contributed quite a bit to my wedding and Brenton's parents also paid for the catering. So not only do I not know that much because one, I paid for stuff blindly. Two, my mm. parents kind of paid for some stuff blindly. And three, so did Brenton's parents. Mm. I can, if you're, if that question comes from like less of a nosy place and more of a, I'm planning a wedding, I can let you know some of the like, Cost. the the costs. Like, I think I honestly don't know how much I paid for the venue because I booked that in like 2019. I can't remember, and it's a totally different price now. It's apparently like doubled in price. So woo, go me. Photographer was a big expense. I'm pretty sure I paid just under six thousand dollars for the photographer. No regrets. Would have paid more even if it bankrupted me. <laughs> um, the dresses were a big expense. I think one of my dresses was about four thousand, and the other one was about four thousand five hundred. Mm. Then add on alterations, so that was a big cost.
0: Yeah, there you go. Lovely. Uh, yay or natal dyson Air app,
1: Can't comment. Don't have one. I think if you have hair that holds a style relatively well, if you've got any bleach or, like, pretty sturdy hair and if you've got hair that takes a while to style, like, if you have to dry it and then curl it or whatever, yay. Mm. If you've got hair that doesn't hold very well, it's not going to hold well even with an air wrap, like, particularly with an air wrap. It's probably going to hold better with, like, a, a curling. Wait, you belt. didn't buy the air wrap, did you? Yeah, I did. I got my no, mum right. got it for me for my birthday. And what um, happened? Have you used it much? Yeah, I really like it, but it drops. So I'm trying to figure out a way to make it last a little bit better. But
0: lots of YouTubers I've seen pin the curl after they I, curl it. I do it. that it's so I much. Really oh, you that. do? Yeah, um, I, I do that with
1: everything. It. I do that. But my hair also doesn't last with the GHD rise. So it's like that's a it, my hair doesn't last. That's mm. not necessarily an air wrap thing. But mm. I have seen all over TikTok that like the air wrap is not the best for longevity because obviously it's. It's not like singeing your hair off in the same way that like a straightener or a curling wand does. Like my mm. hair needs a lot of heat. So, yeah. yeah, I the pinning helps a little bit. I'm trying to work out what products work, et cetera, et cetera. I think um, if you don't have the money and you're really stretching yourself for the air wrap, don't do it. If you want to treat yourself with something,
0: do it. Yeah, for the person who said I've got $1,000 to spend, what should I splurge on? Maybe a Dyson and wrap. <laughs>
1: That's great. Um, someone's asked best eats in the suburbs, Croydon and surrounds. I'm sorry, I can't answer that because I know I don't live f- that far from there, but I don't go there. So, there's many Gomez in Croydon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can't see this one at all. But my favourite places to eat—I mean, it depends on the time of the day—and this is niche content, so I won't take long. I really like Imun in Lilydale, who do Thai, good Thai food. Um, who else do I like? Honestly, like there's not that much good food. Holy Basil, which is another really nice Thai place, which does good vegan Thai as well, if you're into that, is in Mm. um, opposite Guzmani Gomez. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't really eat out that much in my area. If you want to get good um, brunch, there's like 800 places in Lilydale, which I would rate highly and, and recommend even people from like Richmond to go to. I think that they do awesome brunch out there. Mm-hmm. If you want to go like to the Yarra Valley, Melitos is one of my favorites. They do excellent food, and I would be going to St Hubert's as my next like nice eat out place, which is also in the Yarra Valley. It's just opened up. Looks great.
1: Yes, I've seen that actually everywhere.
0: Yeah, it looks incredible.
1: Um, Someone asked, how did the auction go? It went okay. Thank you. I didn't, we didn't get what we hoped for, but we did sell and we're on track to buy something else. And I think we can be grateful for that. So someone asked, is the dream plans still to quit your day jobs and make this podcast full time? Um, I don't know if that was ever actually the plan, to be perfectly honest. I love my makeup job too much to actually not do that. So I would always be doing something else. And I also feel like, I feel like the plan was probably to do this and keep work on the side, like really low key. That would be awesome. But like, Mm. that's sorry to say it, but that's quite literally never going to happen unless someone like discovers us tomorrow and we blow up.
0: I'd love to make enough money from the podcast that I could go on maternity leave and get paid the minimum wage that the government would pay me. (laughs) Mm. But it's, we couldn't be further away from minimum wage (laughs) if we tried.
1: (laughs) (laughs) we are the bare minimum i mean yes that would be bloody amazing wouldn't it but i don't think it was actually ever a goal because it was too far out of our reach so yeah we're not trying to become the next shameless media company and do our own thing no and i do think like i also think if we wished that like to actually be that big i'd probably start to have a meltdown because i imagine like going out and just like being in a grumpy mood or whatever and just like knowing that people might see you and know who you are like there's that oh completely
0: i forget all the time how much of my life I've shared on this podcast and the fact oh, that yeah. I meet people who are like, I know so much about you. And I'm like, oh, fuck, what have I said? Yeah, yeah it still gives me nightmares sometimes. Absolutely, it does. We'd love to hear you guys chat about politics and your take on big issues in current affairs. Oh, that's for future pod content. Wow. Oh, wow. Um, Way to drop a bomb on us. We are not...
1: We're not political people. Go
0: listen to Cheek Media Co. If you want to listen to people with excellent opinions, in my opinion, talk about politics in a very well-educated way. They literally do it for a living. The girls there are incredible.
1: Yeah, that's so true. And also people have been asking for podcast recommendations. So there you go. Plans for bubs in the bub or bubs in the future. What would parenting look like for you? Sharing primary care role? Mark. I...
0: Once upon a time, hypothesized that Adrian and I would split primary carer role for the first year of question mark baby's life. I would like to do the first six months and then have Adrian be primary carer for the second six months. However, that is dependent on income and we have a giant mortgage, so that might be a pipe dream. But I ideally, like, Adrian would love to be a stay-at-home dad and I would more than happily let him do that if I could just fill his shoes with his job and continue mm. <laughs> in it, but I can't.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. What about um, you?
1: So plans for kids. I'm at that weird stage of my life where I'm like, I'm going to buy a house for our kids. Yes. And like, let's buy in a good school zone because we'll have kids. Yes. But, like, I don't want a kid. Do you know what I mean? Like, I I know that in my life I want kids, Mm. but having a kid right now is the worst possible thing that you could ever tell me.
0: Mm. Mm -hmm. And what what do you
1: think your plans would be for, like, parenting arrangements? Brenton, again, would love to be a stay-at-home dad, Mm. but I am not the kind of person that is, like, so in love with my job that I can't leave it. I also Mm. earn significantly less than Brenton, so it would be (laughs) stupid for us to do it that way. Also, i kind of bred to be a freaking housewife. I love <laughs> being at home and I would nail it if I don't hate the kid and have a like crisis that I've lost my identity. So we discuss, um, because Brenton will sort of be in a position where he'll be somewhat of a head up in the company situation, mm. we discuss that hopefully by that time he'll work slightly longer days and have either every second or every Friday off. so that we get like a bit of overlap and then also given the fact that i will probably work most or some saturdays and or sundays and some fridays Mm. um, to give us some time together as a weekend as well as sharing the load and whatever don't know makes me sick just thinking about it (laughs) that sounds lovely so yeah we'll see thoughts on pressure to have children um Um, I think it's I think it sucks I think it really I think my
0: ovaries are fucking pressuring me
1: (laughs) I yeah I don't like I don't really like that it's like the expectation and that feels like so outdated but then I also think like genuinely I'd be happy cruising along for quite some time but I think there's not only the expectation from other people but there's expectation from your partner like Brenton wants to be a dad and that's that's almost like a deal breaker like if I didn't want to have kids I wouldn't really be the kind of person that brenton would choose to be with forever oh absolutely same as adrian so it's like i could probably maybe i don't know later down i might get really clucky but i could potentially be the kind of person that might not have kids or or choose to have kids i could still be the person that isn't able to have kids but yeah i do think it's it's stressful to have that pressure from people particularly when you just don't fucking know what can go wrong and we both have that thing at the moment now we're like maybe next year should we both go get a blood test at the start of the year when we're, like we've both hit 30 yeah get a blood test see if things look right not that that shows you everything that's going to go wrong mm. but I think I know a lot of women experience this but Brenton also has a fear of like what if I can't have kids so
0: yeah that's interesting I don't feel pressure from external pressure other than from Adrian obviously not that yeah. he's like No, same. Pressuring me all the time. You know, he goes through phases of being like, I want to have kids right now, and then goes through phases of I can't think of anything more inconvenient in our life than having a child right now, obviously. Mm -hmm. So we're both still at the point where we're not 100% ready. Um, But I do feel the pressure from my body and the fact that, you know, I I feel the pressure in the way that I'm, like, I'd love to bring, you know, a grandchild into the world for my parents when they can enjoy that child. And,
1: yeah, so I think there's a little bit... From your body. My body's, like, couldn't be rejecting pregnancy more.
0: No, my body is in, like, I know that, you know, statistically once we hit 30, things start to go downhill. Yeah, the eggs
1: are scrambling.
0: Yeah, so I just I do feel that pressure and I think that's unfair.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean... If this helps anyone, my dad was 50 when I was zero and my mum was 40, uh, no, she must have been 38, 38. So, yeah, um, but your parents me, have, turned out fine.
0: You turned out great, but your parents also had already started fertility. Like they'd already had children before you. Like I think if you start that late in life, you're at a much lower risk of having children than if you have them before
1: that. Yeah, but I just, I feel like a lot of people are like, I don't want to be an old an old dad and it's like well you won't be because you'll have kids and they keep you young and that's quite literally how things work
0: yeah (laughs) that's how aging
1: works
0: (laughs) yeah advice we would give to someone in their early 20s don't be a (laughs) dickhead
1: yes yes I think
2: The number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices
1: I think when you're in your early 20s, you think that you're not that young anymore. Mm. But you really, really... Joke's on you. You really, really are. And I would say that there is quite literally very few things that you could do in your life that are going to fuck up your future. So, like, do whatever you want. Like, don't Mm. travel, do whatever. Don't stress about, like, picking whatever job you're going to do or course or whatever because it just absolutely doesn't matter like yeah. you can fully change your life in so many ways in the future I would just aim on getting life experience and I feel yeah. like the one thing I would say is fuck about and travel and do whatever you want and have a hundred boyfriends and yeah. whatever and drink till you die And but have a good work ethic like plant some seeds for some things like if there's something that you know you want to do like get involved in that thing or like Just keep Mm. your regular like part-time job and be good at it. I think just start establishing some good patterns so that you will get to like 28 and not be like useless at your job, whether it's a job that you want to do forever or whether you're working at Coles, but you're just really good and reliable at Coles.
0: Yeah, I I think that's such good advice. I think be reliable, be committed, be respectful, Mm. understand that whilst you think that you know a lot at this stage in your life, you don't know anything yeah it's like one it's like a weird thing that happens in your head I reflect on in your early 20s you just have this like inflated sense of self where you're like wow is everyone around me really dumb or and I just a genius and it's like no you're just naive is the answer to that question I think give yourself as many opportunities as you can in your early 20s like do the hard yards of going and interning at places for free. It looks great on your resume. It gives you opportunity to try out different roles. Like o- interning opens doors for careers. And if yeah. you expect to get a job in your mid to late twenties as your first job and you haven't tried anything before that, you're kidding yourself.
1: Like yeah. or at I least you need to have made friends in good places and connecting. Mm. Yeah. You gotta have something going for you. Be passionate yeah. about something, even if it's just one thing, and be good at that and just yeah. fuck about for the rest of the time because it really doesn't matter.
0: Adrian and I both took out a personal loan to go and fuck off to Europe when we were in our early 20s, and I have no regrets. Oh,
1: wow. Mm.
0: Had no money. Made it happen. Thanks, Commonwealth Bank.
1: <laughs> and that's where you met. Yeah, it's where we met. So there you go.
0: Number one tips for buying slash finding the perfect house. How did you God. know yours was the one? Trigger
1: warning. <laughs> um, Mine wasn't the one. I built my home and... I mean, it's lovely, I love it, but we never intended to be here for too long. I actually yeah. bought my land off my sister. We subdivided her block and built, and it's the same suburb that I was born in. Mm. I was born in Renner Road, One Turner South. I then moved as a child in <laughs> turner South, and I Life then moved to Wonturner South yet again. And Brenton was born in One Turner moved around about three streets in turner and then moved to Wonturna South. So it was our life mission to get out of Wonturna South. And here you are. Not because it's that much of a shithole, kind of is, but because we've lived here our entire lives and that is so lame. So... It wasn't the one, but it was a very convenient and wise financial decision It was a, definitely that we made. a good financial decision, yeah. Not many people get an opportunity to build a home that young. It was incredible. I'm so glad. And it's really put us off on a good stead. So I'm forever thankful for that. I don't know how I find the right one because in my gut, I found the right one and I'm probably going to miss out on it in two <coughs> weeks' time. So you tell me. Alex, you go ahead. The one doesn't exist Well, I was just on the phone with a financial advisor and he said, there's plenty more. There is always more. That's it.
0: Yeah. I missed out both times buying houses, Adrian and I missed out on so many houses that we thought were the one that we were committed to in our brains as the one. Mm. The house that we bought, which was our first house, was by no means the one. It was the one in that it was the right price and we won the private sale because no one else was bidding on it because they made stupid mistakes as the sellers that's what makes a house the one I don't
1: that you can afford it I don't yeah that's
0: it I don't believe that an emotional connection makes anything happen in this game of infinite amounts of people with infinite amounts more money than you have I'm really sorry to be a dickhead about it but it's true
1: I would say though that like pick I don't know pick your compromise like for me I'd love to live closer to the city and closer to good food and stuff but I've well and truly come to the fact that my priorities are being closer to family for my dogs and future children. Also, with living slightly further out, comes larger blocks. And we need, you know, a yard that you can throw a ball in. I just think yeah. there has to be like one thing that you like about the house.
0: I agree. And my other recommendation is. As much as it breaks your heart. So everyone like looks at a budget range on realestate.com and they go, great, well, the house is going to go for X amount over that range. I just don't think that you can ever know. And this house that we bought, like, I don't know how to explain this, but in the the houses in the price range that we were looking at and lower the price than the price range we were looking at were getting inflated so high that they were going for almost as much as this house that we bought, which didn't go that far over mm. the bracket. And my advice is talk to real estate agents, make yourself known. Like my real estate agent who we purchased this house from was like, you ask a lot of questions. And I was like, yeah, because I know what I want and I know mm. how to do this. Mm-hmm. So don't ignore me. And she's like, have you been burnt before? I was like, yeah, I have. So don't fuck me around. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah.
1: yeah, definitely get to know the... Yeah, you don't
0: buy them. a house being a wallflower unless you've got a lot of money, <laughs> I think. Very true.
1: This was a fun question. Hmm. Cool places to find wedding dresses. Oh, cool places. Cool. Cool is tricky. Like, what's cool? Cool is arbitrary. What kind of cool is cool for you? Um, Alkaline bride is... What I would think is cool, they have, like, you know, they're still wedding dresses but they're non-traditional. Mm. My second dress was Priya James and I feel like she's a little bit the same, but like still a wedding dress, you know. It looks like a wedding dress. You buy it from, like, a trunk show vibes but, um, you know, a little different to normal. Mm. I would start following um, the anti Bride on Instagram because they have lots of, like, non-traditional "Quote unquote cool things," and then you can stalk the designers that you like.
0: Also, this message came from Fitzoy, who just got engaged yeah, less than a week ago. So, congratulations, Fitzoy, long-time listener of the pod.
1: Sophia San Francisco, what's a good treat to buy yourself around a thousand dollars? Oh, so fun! I wrote some random things down. Oh, did you? Yeah, thinking about. What would I treat myself to? So the Marnie sandals, which you can get on Inku.
0: I love them.
1: Classic. Although they, I will say there is a lot of knock-off knockoffs of them now.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: I'd buy an acne scarf, which is not $1,000, but maybe I'd buy an acne scarf because it was cold today and I felt like that was appropriate. And then, like, maybe a Sarah and Sebastian item for myself. Mm. That like jewellery is really lovely. Like, I love Holly Ryan jewellery and Louise Jean jewellery, but it's quite expensive, so that's, like, a real treat yourself. Do you know what else is great? New bedding. New bedding, does it ever cost like under $1,000? If you've got a king bed, that's like a doona and a sheet, honestly. But, oh, changes the whole room. And it makes you feel great, yes. Yes, absolutely. I also really want the Jacquemus, the beige mules. Mm. They're like nine hundred and ninety dollars or something, and they're bloody gorgeous. So I'd buy them randomly, even though I'd never wear them. Also, the by far amber tote bag is around yeah. that price, and I've just it's it's a cute bag, so I would also buy that. And I would I'd look at some art. Art is a real treat yourself moment.
0: I was going to say art. I, all I can think of is homewares at the moment, so I'd probably buy myself yeah art or a funky like lamp, like a floor lamp or something. That's yeah. like I don't yeah. know. It depends what you need to spend your money on, doesn't it? Yeah. something fun Dyson Airwrap like we said before what else the Spectralite could be a fun way to spend half of that mm-hmm. what about a Loewe candle hell yes <laughs> oh my god yes mm. it's hard when you've got when you've got the money and you're like I want to spend this on something awesome and then no, you're yeah. like what the hell I do the I spend it on
1: yeah
0: yeah so tricky If you ran Mecca, what would you change?
1: (laughs) Oh, that's a good question. Firstly, I wouldn't run Mecca because I would hate to be a boss. I'm not business-minded and that would be working too much. Mm. If I did run Mecca, what would I change? Oh, my God, this is probably going to be controversial. Um, It's really hard because the beauty industry by nature is going to attract Women and Mm. also the like type of work that that's in is going to attract like you know university educated middle to upper class white women, and I just think that that's a bit like uh, so. And this is the same for for a lot of um, like women woman dominated workplaces and beauty spaces is that I often find that the men get further and Mm. there's men that are not as good as women in Mm. that position because they're the token man. Mm. Um, Like you'll often see like there's all these men in these mecha campaigns, which is great. Like, yes, they need to be there for visibility and diversity and stuff, but a lot of them are getting opportunities and it's like, well, there's actually like 12 men in the company, but like all of them are getting those good opportunities Mm. and like all of the, the women aren't. But yeah, I would get a bit more diversity in there, and also the culture of like the grind culture, which again comes with that like type A personality that wants to work there. But like mm. that shit just gives me the absolute ick, and it it's in every workplace. But I just I burn oh, it to the ground. That's it.
0: I'm sorry. Culture comes from the top always. Yeah, and regardless of if you're a type A personality, it you can still be a type A personality with emotional like um, intelligence who understands that A, you can clock off at a certain hour of the day and B, that other people should be allowed to do that as well. Mm. Like, I don't know. Um, yeah. What would I change? Gosh, I'm not really sure. I think that Mecca's a pretty big force yeah. in the Australian beauty space and I think that there's probably more that they could be doing you know on in an ongoing capacity like I know that they've got like the NGV thing and they've got like the Hunger Project thing and they've got like other areas that they support charitably but Mm. I think that they could be doing more things from a diversity standpoint
1: yeah but I so I think that they could be doing that kind of stuff like supporting Indigenous women and supporting Mm. underprivileged women and all of the stuff that they do through their charities. But why aren't they, like, they could be doing that through the people that they employ. Mm. So, like, they have a graduate program, but why don't they have, like, a separate graduate program that's specifically for people that meet, like, you know, at-risk or, like, vulnerable groups that are missing out on roles? Okay. Mm. Most embarrassing moment. I was thinking about this. And the weirdest thing came to my mind. Most
0: embarrassing moment? Is that a question? Like, whatever in my whole entire life? (gasps) I don't want to think about it.
1: I know. Mine, it it can't be my most embarrassing moment. Tell Uh, us
0: an embarrassing moment then. I'm interested. It might spark something for me. It's just a
1: weird one that just, like, comes to my mind that, like, I know I wanted to die at the time. I remember a girl coming to pick up a pair of Converse from my school who was, like, My friend, but she was, like, pretty cool. Like, she, you know, had older sisters and she was, like, definitely cooler than me. Mm -hmm. She was borrowing a pair of Converse for, like, a dance concert or something. And I ran down the hallway to answer the door with the Connies in my hand to run them to her. And I slipped. You know at my parents' house, you turn the corner before (laughs) you walk to the front door. And I slipped and I fucking smashed. (laughs) Like, I fell, like, front forwards, like, right in front of the door where she was on the tiles, like, fully ate shit. (laughs) <laughs> and I hadn't thought about it forever, but it must have killed me at that time. Cause when I thought in most embarrassing moment, that like flooded back to me. And I was like, Jesus Christ. What about the time I stacked it? And I was like early days, year seven and just stacked it. That was not good. That was not good. Also probably not that embarrassing because I do laugh about it now, but in primary school, I um, was walking along the parallel bars and I fell and I broke my hymen. <laughs> As a child, how did you and know? I, um, be, so I had to like get them to call <laughs> mum because I was like, "Oh, like my arm, like I'm really my arm really hurts." My arm did hurt because I like landed vagina first, <laughs> swiveled around the pole, and then landed on my arm. But I came home and there was like blood in my undies, and I had like a bruised vulva. The poor <laughs> doll. <laughs> and, like me and my sisters still laugh about it. Like remember the time that Lisa smashed her vagina on a pole. <laughs> Ruby so, did that
0: once. Yeah. Not that it's my embarrassing moment, but I don't know why she was doing it. But we had like a outside staircase at school, and there was like a metal rail. And for some reason, Aww. she was like walking up the stairs, like on either side of the metal rail. <laughs> Holy shit! Fucking wedged herself on a metal pole. Oh my god! It's not I,
1: like I can. That's like one of my earliest memories.
0: <laughs> I think my most embarrassing moment is my whole teenage years. Oh. I don't, I can't think of something in particular. I, I I think I am often an embarrassment. (laughs) It's what, it's like part and parcel with being like an extrovert, isn't it? Yeah. Hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, my most embarrassing moment is every single time that I'm drunk from the start of when I get tipsy to the end of when I'm drunk.
0: Same. That's why I get anxiety so badly.
1: Absolutely. This is good. What's your most disgusting habits?
0: Uh, I asked Adrian that because I was like, what's my most disgusting habit? I think definitely. (laughs) I'm so (laughs) good. I like to pick off my mascara and put it in my mouth. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> Mine's pretty gross, too. I can go right up on you. <laughs> Adrian said it was leaving
0: my dirty undies face up in the bathroom. I said, well, Lisa's is the same, so we'll have to snap on that. <laughs> oh,
1: so sorry for having some element of discharge. Good God. <laughs> Mine is... So I think I've talked about this before that I don't get mouth cold sores, but I get nose like cold yeah. sores and like I <laughs> often have a nose scab and like I love waking up in the morning when it's like raw and like picking the scab in my nose because it feels like – like a and it like hurts and it like comes off and it will bleed and then it will heal and then the next day you wake up in the morning and you're like, how's my nose scab going? And you forget, but Brenton also has the same like strange addiction and it hurts so bad. You get like endorphins because you're like peeling it off the wall of your nose. It's not like a booger – it's no. like a proper scab, so it kind of hurts. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> I would say my my no scab thing. Um, are Brenton and Adrian friends? What are their jobs? Adrian and Brenton aren't friends. Like they're friendly. Yeah, they get um, along. But we Adrian, don't like force them to hang out together.
0: Yeah, Adrian said he was like, I reckon if like Brenton and I, like branched outside of our own friendship bubbles like he's like i reckon we could be friends he's yeah. like i think we have similar interests like we could be friends and i yeah. was like okay do you <laughs> i'll see what brenton says about that yeah. um what do they do for jobs adrian's job is that he is oh gosh um you know hospitals right they have I heard of them he builds ict workflows for I don't know what that is. so when you go into a hospital and you get treated in the emergency department by a doctor, there's a series of steps that they'll run through to assess your mm. wellness. They'll check your heart. Anyway, and based on what they find, then there might be a flow that is like a procedure that might be attached to that or like whatever. Adrian's job is that he turns doctors and nurses and specialist processes into medical steps in a system that's smart and tells them what to do so that people don't fuck up their jobs and so that we have medical records digitally in Australian hospitals. That is so nice. Yeah. um, So that's Adrian's job. It's really difficult to explain. He's a a solutions architect slash product owner in a hospital if you're in the ICT space.
1: I... Worked in hospitals, and I was still handwriting notes. Like Correct. That's what. Four years ago.
0: Yes, that's Australian Hospitals for you, but he is changing that.
1: Yeah, wow. Okay. Um, Brenton, he's not a food scientist, but that's how I describe it. He works for my dad. My dad is actually a food scientist and microbiologist. Brenton is, a, is an innovation manager, which means he does, like, the product development for, like, dry blends. So they make big M. Sometimes they make, like, the squiggle cake at Woolworths and he will, like, come up with the flavour profiles for, like, milks and stuff. It's a very weird niche job. It's a very niche job but a very cool job at that. Someone asked lymphatic drainage, yay, or um, Yay, because if you have any issues with your lymph, the only thing you can do about it is lymphatic drainage. It Mm. is, like clinically researched and it works and it is recommended by doctors for people suffering from all sorts of conditions, whether it be cancer, whether it be lymphedema, like inflammatory diseases, whatever. Mm. It is a very superficial system, which means that manually draining it is like a very easy option. You got to find like the right clinician. They're like not super easy to find and you've got to do things to like help it work. So you can Mm. go and get manual lymphatic drainage, but you can also do the work by dry body brushing yourself, which I don't do and I hate and it sucks. Mm. Um, So, yeah, there's many things that you need to do to help it work as well. Chug heaps of water, do all the right things. But absolutely, if you've got issues with lymphatic drainage, do it. If you're doing it because, like, you've seen someone else do it and like they looked like they were like slimmer and sculpted or something, don't do it. Because like you probably won't be if you're not retaining.
0: Thought. That's it. Yeah. It's it's useful for the people who need it and it's for the people who probably don't. Yeah. But a nice massage maybe if you like to be touched.
1: Yeah, but it's pretty light. Like some of them, like my original lady did it with baby powder and it was basically stroking, which was like not, not on. <laughs> most overhyped beauty brands or products fenty
0: yeah oops rare beauty yeah we didn't like that blush at all not that i think it's overhyped morphe overhyped
1: overhyped that's for sure a lot of celebrity brands i would say overhyped what about products like things that what are things that people really love that i don't like Oh, everyone, do you uh, know what everyone used to love? The Born This Way Foundation. It's been discontinued now, but I really didn't like that. Narsy Glow is probably overhyped.
0: You know what I think is overhyped, and I don't like the Le Mer Foundation.
1: Oh yeah,
0: Gemma Watts.
1: How do you she wear likes that? It. No. It's so matte. One product you would bring back from being discontinued. Oh, Why'sell Burgundy Mascara potentially.
0: Mm. Oh, I would bring back Nars Liquid Laguna Bronzer. Oh.
1: Really huh. like that, and also she asked. Oh, an original Nas Pro Prime. What the fuck? Oh my god! Yeah, I know. Yeah, but I guess we kind of like we kind of found something to fill that void now.
0: I find that my eyelids are getting oilier, and all of a sudden, it's not working as well uh, for me anymore. Disaster. Yeah.
1: Um, if you could change up one thing about each other's makeup style, what would you change? Wear more makeup. (laughs) Yeah. And you know what? I would have said, like, maybe wear sheerer coverage, but you do now anyway. Wear more blush. Yeah. Okay. Accepted. Really? It's because I,
0: I like, I feel like I get a lot of congestion on the top of my cheekbones and I feel like then I'm always applying blush to, like, a crusty dry patch Yeah. and it just makes it crustier and drier and, like, adds a little bit of luminosity where I don't want it. And I'm like, "Eh." Yeah. Honestly, not. there's
1: there's not, like, really anything that I would nitpick about your face, really. And
0: thank goodness, same for you. I don't know if I could have spent um, 200 episodes staring you in the face if I hated the way you looked. <laughs> okay.
1: I would have, like, old Alex, I used to actively think, I wish she would make her eyebrows not so dark. This was, like, yeah. 2014. I used to wear my eyebrows so dark. Actually, and you know what? You also used to wear, like, a really grey – you used to wear, like, max Stone. On my lips. Yeah, which I can now tell you did not really suit you very well.
0: Yeah, I know. I look back on that. It's because Samantha did it, and I just wanted yeah. to be one of the, like, you know, bad gals on I know, you YouTube, and I was s- so far from that.
1: And I, and I think someone should have told me that, like, I know that you think wearing a burgundy smokey eye makes your eyes look hazel, but actually, it's just a lot of makeup for your little head. Oh, <laughs> Maybe rein it in. Like I hate looking at photos of me when I was working at Mecca and I was like, you know, I'm going to do aspirational looks every day and it was just like.
0: I hate that <sighs> time of makeup. But you so know what? It was a beautiful, simpler time when – when we could all try our best and we thought that we were great. Yeah. And also.
1: things. Also, the
0: lights at Mecca did us no favours. And so you had to wear so much makeup to not look like you were deceased on yeah. the floor. But
1: then you still looked
0: bad. Yeah, I know. Ugh.
1: Um, it's like
0: when you're out clubbing and they turn the lights on and oh, you're like, boring. not only do I look drunk, but I've wearing been wearing this face for so long. I've spilled... So yeah. much alcohol on my cheeks. Yeah. What is
1: this blood on me? Let's go <laughs> home. Yeah. 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 No, I think you have an excellent face. Oh, so do you. Thanks. Should we wrap it up there?
0: Wait, one last question. How long did you date Brenton before you moved in with him? Oh, that's
1: a great question. So, oh, okay. Mm, sorry. Let's do the math. So we 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 started dating in, I, I want to say, 20 14, 2013 maybe mm. oh fuck I can't do this math this is so hard how long have we been together nine years and how long have we been here four years and we would have lived together I reckon we dated for like three to four years mm. and then his house got demolished while they were building and so he moved in with me but with my family mm. but we lived together like I mean that's the hardest way to do it right with your whole damn family yeah and then I moved in with his family. As soon as his house was built, we moved from mine to his pretty much. And then we moved into our house alone four years ago. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, it must have been about three years, two and a half, maybe three years because we did about almost a year at each parent's house before four years here. Would you say that you moved in together when it was Ivanhoe? Because it's tricky when one lives out of home and one's staying there because it's like – yeah. You were Adrian moved in, yeah.
0: you? Adrian was living out of home when we started dating with yeah. his brother and his brother's girlfriend. And so I wouldn't classify that as living with him because I still was living at my parents' house. Yeah. We started officially living t- – so we met – we started dating in 2012 and we we moved out together in 2000 and October 2015. So it would have been around three years as well.
1: Yeah. We yeah. have – pr- like me and Alex have quite a similar – relationship like time frame and development really she's like about yeah. six months ahead of me and so
0: weird because you and Brent have known each other for so long that I think that you've been dating since you were 16
1: yes it's just been smooching on and off since we were like 14
0: adorable it
1: was so cute okay let's wrap that
0: up that was a beautiful way to end
1: <laughs> we'll be back in your ears um hopefully not too long hopefully I've got some sort of home Yeah. And my mother-in-law doesn't hate me. Yeah. Because I haven't broken the air fryer in the oven and left a stain on the bench (laughs) or whatever else I will have done. And yeah, we will keep you posted. We won't keep you hanging too long, but we just need to figure out like the schedule. And please do slide into our DMs in terms of suggestions of like, how do you want, do you want things blocked? Do you want things in seasons? How many like episodes at a time would make you feel okay to then have like a break?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the biggest questions is like, how important is the regular structure to you? How important is beauty news? How important are like, obviously, product trials? Do you is there a certain content rhythm that you would prefer to expect to hear from us, or are you happy for things to be a bit more ad lib? Like, or are you just happy for us to chat? Like, mm. we need to
1: know because yeah, we need yeah. direction. We'll try being more active on Instagram, Instagram. Stuff because we haven't been. Yeah. Because we've been trying to cut something out. So, and also
0: move houses and oh, buy houses and live our lives. Yeah. Yep. Anyway. All
1: right. We'll see you soon. Oh, I feel like we're breaking up. We're not breaking up. I'll we'll see you like next week. Okay. For sure. All right. Goodbye. Okay. Goodbye.
2: When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all.